Hi. So, I've been in a weird, sorry, been in a weird mood today, as you can tell, because I just apologized 10 seconds into this podcast. Um, last night, I stayed up way too late watching a YouTube channel um, that I found that did book reviews that was like comedy based that was making me laugh a lot um like it was good because I was laughing but it wasn't great because at like and they go to it took me forever to fall asleep and then I don't think I I fell asleep until like two o'clock in the morning something like that and I woke up and my fucking cat one of my cats woke me up at like seven ish this morning and I was just like oh my god like I know the people who have cats can understand that time when you're like tired and you don't want to get up and you've um didn't get that much sleep and you want to just keep continue sleeping and your cat is like screaming and then you like get up and move and you see that they're just meowing aggressively like meowing at the wall for no reason you're just like why (laughs) like that pause was me just like reenacting staring at my cat like like when that happens I just look at them like what what are you doing and like whenever that happens it it's almost like they feel bad (laughs) because they always go like running away like I'm sorry mom I don't know why I'm yelling at the wall either but it seemed like a good idea at the time (laughs) um But there was something that I've been thinking about and I wanted to talk about it on here. Um, It's something that I've mentioned a bunch of times, which is that my first um, therapist that I had when I went back to therapy in 2018 was really bad. And I've never talked about it on here in length about, um, about why that therapist was so terrible and kind of I guess the process of figuring out when a therapist is right for you or when they're not because it is really that's a really important part of therapy um but I've I've uh I think I've not talked about it so far just because I don't want to put out it's one of those difficult subjects where I'm so about, like, going to therapy. Like, going to talk to somebody who is, like, a unbiased kind of third party to kind of just get out whatever issues you're having in your life and kind of help you see um, how to navigate things. Even when you're not in, like, a a horrible even when you're not feeling terrible, um, is something really good. Like I've been in, I've been back in therapy for the last couple of months and I'm not really like, I'm not in like a horrible place necessarily right now. Um, like there's things that I want to work on, but I'm thinking of like how I used to be. Like, I don't have I don't wake up in the middle of the night anymore from nightmares ever. Like, the other day I was thinking about that and how, um, like, grateful I am that I don't have insomnia anymore. Like, I had insomnia for so long 
and especially the last like the however many years um it was really bad like I would get I would hardly ever sleep and it's exhausting to try to do anything in life when you're constantly tired and so like even like a day like today where I didn't get that much sleep um like it's whatever but like those days still happen but it's nowhere near as bad as what it used to be um and so I don't have that kind of issues like the I still have like anxiety and PTSD triggers and symptoms that come up but it doesn't seem like it's stopping me from being able to function in my life as much as it used to um, and I feel like I'm more aware of the issues that I have and I'm able to kind of, um, like hold myself back in a way. Like when you're, at least this was my experience. Um, when I was like just in all of that, like pain and nastiness, um, and it was just like dredging through all of it. It was so overwhelming that I would take it, I would take out my, like, anger and sadness and grief and all these things on other people around me or whoever I I tended to interact with that didn't have anything to do with, um, like, why I was having all these feelings, really. Like, they would sometimes trigger... They would trigger sometimes those emotions in me by things they would do or say or whatever, but um, I wasn't really, like, actually that upset with them most of the time. It was that they were triggering feelings in me about something else having to do with um, all of the trauma that I was trying to deal with. And I, and I didn't know how to communicate that, um, and I'm still learning how to do that, but... I am a lot better than what I used to be. Like, just being able to say, like, you know, I'm sorry um, about that, but I'm feeling this because of this. Like, that just wasn't something that I was... Like, I was self-aware, kind of, where I was aware of when I was... Like, when I was... When I would take out my, like, anger at, like, um, my parents or the world or everything on a person that it wasn't, like, I knew it wasn't their fault, I would know that it wasn't actually their fault, and I wasn't really that mad at them, um, but I would still do it, because it was just, I didn't know another way to get rid of, like, all of that anger that was, like, festering in me at the time, um, so I am doing, I have improved a lot, but I still want to go to therapy because there's still things to discuss and still things for me to um, not just improve, but I feel like going to see somebody that you can just kind of lay all these things on you on them. You don't have to. It's not like a friend. They're not involved in any situation. They kind of just ask you questions and things to help you wade through it easier is always something that's so valuable um, in society. Like, I feel like it's slowly becoming... 
people are slowly getting better at seeing that it's just a valuable thing to have in your life, whether you're, uh, like, whether you're in, like, a crisis situation or not. Um, so I wanted, I had the idea to talk about looking, like, I guess my first therapist and how how bad of a therapist she was, or just the process of looking for a therapist, because, um, I saw my therapist, which I mentioned the other day, and I think I need to find a new therapist, um, which sucks, but, like, she's nice, but this is a good example of, like, things to look for that, like, just don't to know, like, if these things pop up, to know that you have other options out there that you can find, um, instead of staying with someone that you feel like you don't really completely, like, jive with after a certain time. Like, I like the therapist that I'm seeing now. She's, she's not what I would call a bad therapist at all, but at the same time, like, Um, I've noticed a pattern over the last, like, the last couple months, but especially the last, like, probably month of times I've seen her. Like, it hasn't been just, like, the last month, because I haven't seen her in a month, but the last, like, four or five times I've seen her, just, um, talking too much about her own personal life. Um, because for me what I've learned is that like with one thing that's like uh the great thing about therapy is that the therapist is like you don't really know anything about them a lot of the time like that's the whole thing about therapy is that it's like someone that um they're just kind of there to help you And, like, they can mention, like, vague things about their own personal life to help explain, like, something to you. But most of the time, like, you don't really know if they, like, like, you know, their family situation or what their kids are like or anything like that. Because there needs to be those, like, boundaries need to be set very clearly that, like, this is just a work thing that this is like them doing their job that you guys aren't sitting here like you're having a conversation and you can like really like your therapist and you can get along with them really well but there still needs to be like that barrier where they're not where neither side is like overstepping um like I really liked my therapist when I was at um when I was at in the treatment center like that therapist was the best one that I've seen so far and I knew that he was married and had a baby because like when I started there was like his first week coming back after being on paternity leave and the only reason I knew that was because he was saying like why that he he was just talking about that it was his first week back and he had a picture of his wife with, like, the his baby in his office. But other than that, I don't know anything about him. I don't even know his last name. <laughs> like, I could easily find out what his last name is. But 
Like, I don't even know what his last name is, because that's just how it should be. Like, it's one of those weird kind of relationships where you can talk about intensely personal things and go through, like, this huge process together, but then also don't know anything else about their lives and, like, never see them again. It's one of the strangest things. Um, It was one of the weirdest things about leaving treatment was that I saw, like, I saw all of those therapists, not even just the one that I personally worked with. I saw the other therapist that worked there, too, every day for, like, three months straight. And I changed a lot when I was at that program because it really worked for me. And I improved a ton, and they saw how much I improved when I was there. So it's, like, this crazy thing that I saw them every day for three months when I was, like, during, like, the worst time of my life and when I was at, like, beyond rock bottom. And then after those three months, I just, like, leave and probably will never see them again. So it's just, it's one of those weird life things. Um, But the reason why I was thinking about seeing my, switching my therapist is because I noticed, especially in this last appointment, that when I would talk about stuff that had happened with me, she would start talking about something that would hap- that had happened, like, in her life. Like, I mentioned, um, I mentioned that I was talking about how I was frustrated with work, that I was frustrated that they waited until, like, the very last day, basically, to tell me that they were extending my time of, of doing this job longer, and, and then I was frustrated because I've been trying to like do little appointments and now I feel like I have to, I might have to reschedule all of those because my manager has been like really mean lately and putting a lot of pressure on people to perform in the way that she like wants us to, I guess, and not in a way that's like, um, realistic. And one of the things I mentioned was how like the way that I feel about, management at any job but especially um especially this sort of job like an office whatever job is like management have like their meetings where them where their bosses above them like yell at them and think that like your their your team should be hitting a certain number every day and if they're not then you have to then they get mad because especially when it's in like the business world they just want to hit a certain number every day so they can make more money. They don't care about the workers as people. They don't see you as a person. They just see you as a way to make money. That's just how it is. But in my view, it's like you're being paid much more to be a manager, to hold that position. So you're being paid, like part of your job title as being a manager is to listen to whatever bullshit your boss will say. And I don't think that it's fair to then turn around and just take it out on, like, your employees that you're supposed to manage. And that's, like, what my head boss lady has been doing lately. She's been really mean and said, like, really just, like, vicious stuff to people. And I know it's because she's taking out whatever stress she feels on us, but it's, like, you're a manager, you're getting paid much more and have much more benefits than anyone 
anyone who's doing the job that we're doing right now, um, to deal with that and to deal with your management, to deal with the added stress and the other part of your job. Like, you're being compensated for that. We shouldn't get crapped on or we shouldn't get shit on by you because you're displacing that anger onto us. It's not our fault. It's not our responsibility. It's not our fault that... Like, the people ahead just think that we should be hitting some number of productivity that's not actually possible for human beings to do because we're not robots. Like, head managers never never think like that. Um, so when I said that, she started talking about how she was wishing that people would cancel because she had been, she's been like so busy with her schedule where every day she's had people and she wished people would call it to cancel their appointment. Um, and was talking about how stressed she'd been by how many people she has and how booked she is and things like that. And so, and I just, that wasn't the only time, but like throughout the session, every time I said something about what was going on with me, she would talk about something that was going on with her. Like, I told her how my mom um, ruined my Christmas by uh, seeing my sister and then finding out the next day that she got exposed to COVID, and so we had to cancel Christmas. And then she started talking about um, how that happened with her and her daughter and da, da 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 and things like that. It was just too much of, like, a back and forth. Like, it felt more like... Like... I am doing better and we're having a conversation and you do just, you can have a conversation and just like do small talk or whatever with your therapist, especially when you're getting to know them to see if they work with you or not and if you like them. But at the same time, like the, the, like my health insurance and me when I have to pay my deductible is paying you to do this so we shouldn't be spending that much time um like having like a back and forth like that feels more just like two people talking and if that's what's gonna happen then just like I don't want to like that's like asking to be paid before talking to your friends or something that's what it it more felt like that than like um the dynamic they usually have with therapists. So I've been thinking about that for a while, but after that last appointment, I was like, yeah, I probably need to find somebody else who um, specializes in stuff because I did want to go back to try to deal with some stuff that I haven't really dealt with yet. Um, not At least not completely. I, just, I still need to like process through some stuff. Um, and... It, it's really important that I do. And so that needs to be the priority. And that wasn't hap that hasn't been happening lately. So that's why it's been on my mind already and like I've been seeing this therapist since October and it's okay to see someone for a couple months and then be like I don't think this is really working and switching to somebody else. Like it doesn't mean that it's a failure or you did something wrong or they did something wrong. It's just sometimes it's like I think I could I could maybe find someone who specializes in what I need um, more. Especially when going to therapy for something like 
like incest or like child sexual abuse like not everybody is trained to deal with that and that is a very complex like complex it's called complex PTSD for a reason it's not like easy to deal with and if you don't if you're not like someone that's used to dealing with all of that it's not it's not going to work in the long run because at some point you're going to like run into stuff and they're just not going to know how to help you um so I feel like I've reached that that point with this person I'm really glad that I did go to see her because when I went to therapy when I started in October I was basically I had basically been like trapped in my house since having surgery for a while and was not doing great because of all of that so I I needed that outlet so I, I'm glad that I went back when I did and was able to do it and kind of prove to myself and get I was like if you listen to the episodes that I did before I went back to therapy I talked a lot about how I wanted to go back but I didn't know if I would um be able to uh, trust to talk to a therapist over like zoom um because most therapists are doing like only online visits because of covid and stuff i just didn't think that i would be able to trust somebody because i have so many trust issues but i saw this person in person for like a month and then we switched to online but it i think it got me over that like worry that I couldn't trust somebody if I just talked to them online because I was, I've been able to do it for the last like five or six sessions and it's been fine. So if I could do it for this, I can do it for somebody else who's, I just need to find somebody who's, um, like the, the therapy that I did when I was in treatment that worked really well for me was, um, exposure, prolonged exposure therapy that made it the biggest difference in the world for me um it's not easy but it's it is what helped me make so much progress so I know that I need to go find somebody who does that so that I can um because I feel like I'm more ready to deal with like what I wanted to go back to therapy for and to try to tackle it as best as I can um Okay, so that was 20 minutes of procrastinating, talking about my first therapist that was horrible. It's just, it's an upsetting, even though it's been, like, over two years, almost, yeah, over two years since I stopped seeing her, it's still a very upsetting situation. So I've been avoiding even talking about it in this episode, even though I, the whole point that I'm recording this is to talk about it. So I'm going to get over that and start talking about it. So this therapist was upsetting because for a lot of reasons, but especially because I feel she took she takes advantage of people who don't have that much money, but know they need to get help because, um, so the way that I, every time I find new therapists is by using psychologytoday.com. They have a referral service where you put in your zip code and they just find people in your area. You can search for it by like issues you're having or um, by like insurances or whatever. There's a lot of different options 
And then you, and the thing that I really like on that website is that you can message them like through email and it just email them to see if they have any openings and they'll contact you that way so you don't have, because I fucking, like, I think anyone listening to this knows how much I hate talking on the phone and a lot of people who have, like, anxiety stuff don't like talking on the phone, so that's, they have that as the option of the way to contact the therapist first and it just makes the whole process of contacting a stranger to see them for therapy much easier. Um... So, I found this person on psychology today, and, like, the last time I was looking for a therapist, I saw that she was still on there, and it made me really upset. I will say, just before I start this story, that, um, I did file, like, an official complaint against her. Every, like, licensed job has a licensing board where you can make a complaint against them and see what can be done. Um, like, I don't know if it will, like, lead to anything, but I did file a complaint with the licensing board and sent in things about and, like, talked about what happened with her, and so I have hope that one day, you know, there'll be, like, something will come of that. I know that whatever would come of it is delayed because of, like, it would be delayed because of COVID stuff, too, um because there would be, like, some sort of a hearing or something like that if something did happen from it, but just for your own information, that if you've had a city, a shitty situation like this, or you do in the future, that you can look up the licensing board in your state, um, for a therapist or anyone who you see who's licensed, and report them and see what happens. Um, so just to remember that, just remember that, that I did report them, and I heard from them, like, last summer, and that they were still in starting to investigate things more. So, I feel this, this person really, this therapist really, um, used the fact that, like, people who don't have money to do therapy against us, because, um, when I went to go see her, I didn't have any money, like, I've never been good with money, so I've never had, like, extra money and I knew that I probably, it would be hard for me to pay, like, a copay every week to go to therapy, but I also knew before I went that I, I knew I needed to go. Like, in my mind, I thought I was going to get help with depression and, and anxiety, and then, of course, it turned into everything else that it did. But when I went, she would just make claims with my health insurance, and she said I we didn't have to we didn't have to pay, like, a, her, her copay, so the whole time, I saw her from, I started seeing her in February, like, the first week of February in 2018, and I didn't stop seeing her until, like, a week-ish, like, a week and a half before Christmas in 2018, so that whole time I saw her, I didn't actually pay any money out of pocket. My insurance paid her every week um but I didn't because she just had like this office she was in one of those like smaller office buildings where she had her own office and it was just her one office was out of there and she I guess it was something like she didn't have a way to like get the money from the copay when 
I sent it into my insurance to pay it. So she just said not to. And I think that was the way that she got a lot of clients was people who don't have that much money, who may have not, haven't been to therapy a lot before or don't know how it works or what they're supposed to, or what's supposed to happen. And she takes advantage of that because, okay, so I started going in February and the first couple months was about um, my job because at the time I worked at that was when I worked at the last attorney job I worked at, and there, and I had, I used to have so much anxiety to do with my job, even though, like, I don't like the job that I'm in, and I get annoyed by it and stuff, I used to go through this, like, weekly thing where I would think that, like, the beginning of the week, every week, I would think that my job was going to fire me and I would go in every day just like every time there was like a, a, the phone would ring or I would get an email I would be like waiting for like some management or whatever person to fire me and by the end of the week I would always convince myself that it wasn't going to happen and then after the weekend it would like start over and so my and like me working at an attorney job was like the worst kind of job for me like that kind of like pressure where you have to perform and um yeah it just wasn't a good kind of position for me anyway especially where how I was then but that was a lot of like the anxiety how what I was concentrating a lot of the anxiety on at the time and then it was also like starting to deal with like stuff with my parents like talking about how my dad was at the time I thought that my mom was like I saw my dad as, like, the worst person ever, and I ta- I used to talk about my mom like she was, like, the best mom ever, so it was, like, completely imbalanced, and so she was starting to talk through that, and, like, that's what made me even tell her in the first place was because she asked me in one of the appointments, like, like, why do you always see your mom as, like, so perfect? Because she was talking about times I've told her, like, because there were times before, like, my whole life that things would be going on in my life and I would put off telling my mom about it. Like, most of the time when, and they would be stuff that I would be excited about. Like, um, like the thing I was talking about then was, like, Star Wars the fan convention was scheduled for like the year after for like April of 2019 and I was going with the friends that I had made that I felt really close to then and I was excited about that and I remember telling her how I like told my sister and my mom about me going to that and usually I would put stuff off like that like just telling them little things like that like, oh, I'm going on this trip with this person, or I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I, like, wouldn't tell them for the longest time, and she, and so she just would talk about that, and then she asked me, like, why do you always, like, why do you see your mom as, like, basically, like, perfect, when she's, like, it doesn't match how you act, because she's, like, if, if your mom really was, like, this great mom, you wouldn't be, scared to tell her things and you're obvi- you're clearly scared to tell her things 
and as like literally that was like the last thing she said to me in that appointment and when I was walking out of the appointment (laughs) I thought in my head therapy was a mistake because I knew as soon as she said it that the reason why I I always thought I acted like my mom was like the perfect mom and the best mom was because I knew that my dad had abused me and I wanted one of my parents to be good and and that's so like that week I basically spent the whole week like freaking out about like actually admitting that my dad sexually abused me that was when I told a couple people about it and then when I went back to therapy I told her about it and that's what started the whole cycle so that was in like the beginning of like the first week of June so like four months into therapy I tell her and throughout the summer it was me talking about it with her trying to and like this was the time when she did help because the thing that was really scary to me was was like asking my mom about it because at that time the um I had at that time the only memories that I had was my dad and I sitting there on the floor in some room and I don't even know what house it was and he was like using the like uh anatomical or like medical terms to explain the different body parts if you know what I mean like I think I have a hard time saying those words still because that was like his way of grooming was to and the way that he did it to like explain it in like a very un like non-personal unemotional cold kind of way to be like this is this this is that in your body um that was like his way of grooming me and um it's why I have a hard time still saying those words and, um, that's all I remembered, but, like, nothing sexual happened, but obviously what we were talking about was not okay, and then I remembered me telling my mom, walking into the kitchen when my mom and dad were in there, and saying something about what, like, dad, do you remember when we did this, and what I, and whatever, what I said, I said it in that way when my mom was in there, so, because that was my way of telling her, And I always remember what the only thing I remembered from that interaction then was seeing my mom and dad look at each other. My mom looked mad and my dad looked like, oh, shit. And I walked out of the kitchen and I was thinking, like, I don't know why he looks surprised like he was there when it happened. And that's where it cut off. And I like throughout my life, I was like nine when that happened. And from like that time to when I finally told this therapist about the abuse when I was like 32 or 33, I was, I always wondered like what happened after that moment? Like what happened after I walked out of the kitchen? Like, did they, what happened after I dropped like that bomb? Because I knew from what happened, what I knew in my family was that they stayed married for another three years and you know, my dad never got in trouble for what he did to me, so I knew that my mom never actually did anything about it, but I almost, like, 
was like begging her to somehow I wanted her to somehow tell me something that um that would explain what happened without it just being you told me something like that and I didn't do anything about it um and so I when I started to see this therapist and started talking about it I didn't want to keep it a secret anymore. I wanted to ask my mom because I had been wondering like what happened after that moment for so long and I just couldn't handle not knowing anymore. And I was like getting over the, after a couple months, I was, I got over the fear of wanting to know. So she, this therapist did a pretty good job of like asking me things, having me ask my mom for a couple weeks, different things after every appointment to see what her answer would be that was kind of leading up to what I was going to ask her. And then I, I told my mom stuff. It all blew up. I told my sister stuff. It all blew up. Um, every, it got even worse. She, I couldn't handle my job anymore. I couldn't even handle going to work and trying to be like a normal person while at work when all of this was going on. Um, like I was only sleeping like three to four hours at a night at most having nightmares every night. I couldn't like, I would sit at my desk and have panic attacks like all day long because I would just sit there and panic about like being afraid because I knew that I was not sleeping, that I couldn't, I shouldn't really be working because I was, and the work that I did was like working for a personal injury attorney. So the ones that do like car accidents and stuff and even cases where people were like, somewhat seriously hurt, like, it just seemed, like, meaningless, like, when the, my entire identity and, like, my, the story that I kind of built up for myself about my life and my family had just, like, fallen down around me, like, helping someone get some money from an insurance company because someone rented them, just, like, it was, like, why am I even worried about this? This is so meaningless. It doesn't actually mean anything when you're dealing with such huge issues like this. Um, so I just couldn't work, like literally could not work. So she like helped, like she gave me like a thing that was supposed to be like a statement to help so that I would get short-term disability so I could go on um, leave. I went on leave in the beginning of October and um, they didn't, and they ended up denying me. So I went on leave and there was this whole back and forth thing with the insurance company for a long time, just for them to get the paperwork they needed. They always were asking for more stuff. Um, and it wasn't until like the, and then after, when I was on leave for maybe like a month, my attorney job fired me because yeah, I, I told them like, I'm not, this is like the calmest firing ever. Like I should have been fired because I could literally could not do the work. And I told him, like, I tried the best that I could, but I couldn't do it. That's why I knew I needed to go. Like, I needed to stop this. And so I, um, I was waiting on short-term disability before filing for unemployment. And then um, right around, like, right after Thanksgiving that year, about a month-ish after they... Um, like a month and a half after they, after, yeah, like a month and a half after I went on leave, they, um, finally sent me a letter saying that they were denying my claim and they weren't going to pay me. And it was, it all stemmed on 
the statement that my um, therapist wrote out because they wanted a treatment plan. They wanted and I like a plan for well what I just said for my treatment like what what was her plan to get me like in the place where I could you know go back to work like it like one thing that people should keep in mind is that even if your job fires you after you go on leave you still were an employee at the time that you went on leave so you still get leave pay and like short-term disability is usually for three months Um, And by that point, I had been out of work for, like I said, like a month and a half. So I was just wanting to get, like, the money for the month and a half that I already been out of work that I hadn't gotten any money for besides the money that I was making myself from, like, doing DoorDash deliveries, which was, like, hardly anything. And my therapist didn't give them a treatment plan. She didn't give them anything when it came to that. So they denied the claim. So then that... So, like, the whole time I've seen this therapist, which has been, like, about eight months at this point, she's supported me the whole time with, um, with abuse. She believed me. She, like, validated that. She helped me tell my mom and deal with telling my sister and the fallout from that and with work and the continued stuff that was going on with my mom. Like, right before this, she was, like, doing this thing where she, like, wanted me to prove to myself that I could be around my mother. Like, she kept wanting me to, like, see her in person. And I did see her in person, like, right before Thanksgiving to tell her some memories that had come back so that she would get the idea that this wasn't, like, a short-term thing. That this was, like, a long-term issue that I wasn't going to be, like, in her life sometime soon. And she was, like like oh so you proved to yourself that you could see your mom again and I was like yeah but afterwards I laid in bed for like three hours and was really sad and didn't move and she was like oh but like she kept trying to push that she like wanted me to be able to see her again and it's like she's literally the only person I've ever met that or ever talked to about any of this that after I told them that um I told my mom that I was being raped by my dad when I was a kid and she like, covered it up that they wanted me to see my mom still, um, and still try to have a relationship with her, like, it's incredibly damaging to be around, just to be around somebody like that, like, it's damaging for me to even know that, um, that she still has a relationship with my sister, and I don't have to see her, or talk to her, or interact with her ever, just hearing her name sometimes, or seeing her picture when I look through, like, old photos that I have on Facebook is, hard and damaging much less how damaging it would be if I would have to interact with her and listen to her still try to live in like a fantasy world while while I wasn't anymore and still try to gaslight me but she like wanted me to do that (laughs) um but I so I had like those little clues but you know usually takes me especially then it took me a while to actually make a choice to like, move on something, because I didn't have any, I had zero confidence in myself, and that I was seeing things clearly, like, when you go through, if you've ever gone through gaslighting, like, that's a huge part of when you come out of the gaslighting, is that you question everything that you see, or do, or, or people have told you, because you, because when you realize that somebody that you love and trusted has been gaslighting you so bad for so long, you, 
or like what is actually real and um so for a while you don't have any it's really scary you you can't you have a really hard time trusting anybody and and you don't really you can't trust your own mind because for most of your life like you have felt things and thought things but other someone else has been like telling you how to feel and that how you feel or what you're thinking is wrong um so especially then it would take me a while to realize these things on my own so after like eight months of that and they denied my short-term disability so I wasn't gonna I was going to lose my insurance at the end of December and this was like the second like the first week second week of December um I went to go see her and told her and in this one appointment she completely flipped and told me that instead of like all the support she began giving me for months instead she was like oh I don't think that your dad actually even did anything to you I think you made it up and tried to say that like the memory that I had of him raping me was him just like laying in bed with me comforting me and I was like are you serious right now like he I was terrified of him him laying in bed with me was not comforting I would have been really scared and it wasn't like us laying in the same bed it was him being on top of me um and so and she and then she said like oh I didn't think that you like needed to leave your leave your job I just thought you just didn't like it so you just didn't want to do it anymore which was like the polar opposite of what she had said for months for months she said I just want to help you like in any way that I can to like get better and she could tell that like I could not and she taught she was the one that brought up like maybe you should take like a leave um of absence from work she was the one that brought that up in the first place and I was and I told her like yeah I've been thinking about that but I wasn't sure if I should and yeah so she like so basically in one session like, basically, like, the worst of gaslighting happened. Like, my therapist gaslit me in a way, or tried to, or she tried to tell me, oh, actually, like, you could have worked your job, but you just didn't want to do it anymore because you didn't like it, and this was, like, your, your way out of it, and, oh, you told, you made up your abuse. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, like, beyond, the, literally the worst thing that a therapist can ever say to somebody is to say, like, especially to a child sexual abuse victim that is just in the first couple months of dealing with finally coming clean about what they went through to be like oh I think you made up your abuse in your head because you wanted something else or something or whatever and that it never actually happened and um yeah that was like just imagine how bad that was it was really bad like I spent the entire visit just like sobbing basically in her office I stayed in her office like 20 minutes over time, probably because she, because therapists are not supposed to let you leave if they're worried that you're going to like harm yourself. So she had me stay there for an extra 20 minutes. And then by the end, I was just like, I just left. I was still crying. Like after I left her office, I went back to my car and just sat in my car for a half hour, just crying before I could even like start to drive home. And then I got home and told, like, the friends that I had made online what happened. And they were, like, shocked and, like, like, I, 
When I think about the times when I was suicidal, that was the closest that I ever got. Like, I honestly think that it's, like, a fucking miracle that I didn't attempt that night. Because, like, the therapist that had been helping me, like, um, go through this whole thing of telling my mom. And, and especially, like, the six months, like, the eight months of work since being with her. My life had been completely upended. Like, I told... Like, I made all this stuff happen in my family, which is, like, my worst nightmare to have that kind of personal attention on myself. And it was over, like, having to, t- like, having to tell my sister that the dad that has been dead for four years by that point, like, sexually abused me. And having to tell my mom and having to hear her try to act like I never told her when I know that's not true. And um, all of that... And then for her to say, like, oh, I think you were just lying about all of it because you were, she basically made me sound like an asshole. Like, oh, I thought you just wanted to leave, stop your job. So you were just using, like, this as an excuse. Like, what the fuck? Um, and saying that I was lying about my abuse. Oh, my God. That, it, it was really bad. Like, my the friends that I have online, they... I, like, cried so much that day that, like, my face and my eyes were, like, sore and, like, fucking hurt for, like, the next day because of how much I cried. Um, They, like, kept talking to me on and off about anything throughout the rest of the night and to, like, talk to me and just keep me going to make sure that they knew that I was okay, that I wasn't doing anything and... They're, they, like, helped ground me so that I didn't try to attempt. But I really... Th- that was the closest that I ever got. I really thought about it a lot that night. Because that is incredibly dangerous to do. And so... The things that my therapist didn't do. That I, I didn't know that... When I went and saw this therapist, I had not been in therapy since I was a child. Since I was... The only therapy I'd ever done before that was when I went to therapy when I was 12, which was, you know, right when, like, my parents were getting divorced. I was, I didn't like going to school. Nobody liked me at school. And I would try to call my mom almost every day to get her to call me out of school so I wouldn't have to go. And um, I, that was, like, the time that I kind of attempted, um... Like, it wasn't really, like, a serious attempt, but it still was close enough where they had to put me in therapy after that. And, um, so when I was in therapy when I was 12, I barely remember anything from it. All I remember is talking to my therapist one day and her asking me, like, what I wanted to do with my life. Like, what I pictured me doing as an adult that would make me feel like I was like successful or happy or whatever and me coming up with something because I had no fucking clue (laughs) because one of the things that happens when you're a kid that or you go through this kind of abuse is that you feel like you don't have a future because you're living in a situation where like every day you're just under you're in danger constantly and you like I used to wonder like daily if I if this was the day I was going to die so um like once you live under something like that 
it's like so hard to believe that you could ever have like a future like getting like growing up and getting old seemed like this crazy far off like idea I could not I still have a hard time picturing myself doing that but I could not picture myself ever doing that I could never picture myself even having a future to work towards so I think that's why she was asking me that in my first like therapy appointment to try to make that kind of a plan to show that I could still do that and um so I remember that and I remember that I liked my therapist and then when I went to that therapy was when I went to group therapy all I remember about group therapy is being like super duper anxious before going like sitting in the waiting room and like my stomach hurt because I was so like scared and anxious about going in I remember walking in the door and looking to my right and seeing that there was like a black kid that was around my age like I was 12 then he was around that age too and that there was like three or four other kids that were all around my age in this group but nobody knew me and I didn't know them but all I remember is me walking into the door and like going to sit down and I only remember that black kid because he was the one that sat next to me in like the circle that they had us sitting in and that's all I remember about therapy. <laughs> like, I remember that. And I remember telling that. And I remember that the last time that I saw the therapist that I had, like, alone, um, being sad because I didn't want therapy to end. But I don't actually remember any of the actual therapy. Like, I don't remember any of the people that I was in group therapy with. I didn't even remember that I was in group therapy until... Um, I asked my mom, like, that August, one of the questions my therapist had me ask was, like, why did I leave therapy? Because I told her that I remembered that I was sad about leaving and that I didn't want to leave. Um, and she told me that I had been in group therapy and I had no fucking idea that I had been in group therapy until she said that. And then that memory of, like, walking into that room popped up again and it made, and it, made me remember like oh right but that's like all that I had from it so I didn't remember anything about like what therapy was supposed to be like and I had friends that went to therapy and like the friends that I had made online were all in therapy literally all of them four of the other four of them were all in therapy and they were all getting help but and we talked about therapy sometimes like we would talk about when we had like a tough therapy appointment we would talk about and someone was like upset and really struggling then we would talk about what we what we talked about in therapy that week and then the rest of us would start talking about stuff and they would mention like getting therapy homework and um and like but like we didn't really talk like super in depth into it was one of those things like you don't talk like super in depth usually with your like your friends or whatever about what your therapist is actually having you do like outside of work and there was a couple times where she was like I want you to do this or do that and I said like that was therapy homework um but because it was just like that um the thing with therapists is that they're supposed to like literally give you things (laughs) There's like the whole reason why I didn't get short term disability was because this therapist never had a treatment plan the entire time I was seeing her. 
Like, I was seeing her for eight fucking months, and the entire time, she never had a plan for anything. They're supposed to have, like, a plan, like, we're going to try this for, we're going to try, I'm going to teach you, like, this coping mechanism um, from, like, CBT. Like, I didn't even know what CBT was, and, um, and if, or CBT or DBT are the two, like, like, most popular ones. So, like, they would be like, you know, I'm gonna give you, like, this paperwork on this CBT or DBT, like, coping mechanism and see if it helps, like, your anxiety. Or, um, like, I remember, like, the first, like, week that I went there, she wanted me to write down what made me anxious, um, like, for the next week because I didn't know what made me anxious because I wasn't self-aware at all. And I wrote it down, but, like, she never once asked me for it. And, like, so she would bring stuff up like that sometimes, but then would never ask me about it the next week. And, or just never bring it up ever again. So, like, it's like she knew she was supposed to be doing that, but she didn't actually do any of that. Um, so that's what, like, a treatment plan usually is. It's like, I'm going to try, like, especially when someone comes in with a lot of anxiety and depression, they would, you would start them off, at, like, the base with, like, some, learn, like, some CBT and DBT skills then like go from there and they have a plan like after I do that then I'm going to try this so that doesn't work there we're going to do this and have like a a goal date of when you would be like for like the short-term disability leave it would be um you know having this set date for an a plan to be able to go back to work or to be ready to go back to work by this date um yeah and she didn't have any of that like every week I went there and it was just all talk therapy it was just talking about stuff but there was no other plan otherwise and like when I was at Rogers we had to we had paperwork that we had to fill out like every day that we were there when I saw like the therapist before I went to Rogers uh she would like assign me books to read or give me like articles to read or give me like CBT skills to work on and then would ask me about it the next time I saw her to see how if it worked or not um we tried a bunch of different like we tried EMDR we tried body memory stuff we tried um something else we tried a bunch of different things to see if it would it would like help like the depression and and everything that I was feeling, and when it didn't work, then she was like, okay, I think you need to call Rogers to get into their treatment program, because it wasn't, none of the stuff that we were trying was working, and that was after, like, you know, three months or so of trying, but, like, this other therapist didn't do any of that, and after this all happened, I met with, like, my primary care doctor. They had a psychiatrist in the office that would help, like, um, refer you to another therapist and after that I was scared to see another therapist after that one was so horrible so I met with this psychiatrist and she asked me that kind of questions like did she bring up DBT or CBT no did she ever give you like any paperwork the entire time you saw her no did she ever give you any worksheets no did she ever give you any articles to read or books to read no I told her that there were books I read books on my own But they were books that I found from, like, the friends that I knew in therapy or from, like, I was, like, mainlining any info that I could at that time about incest. So if people mentioned, like, a book that a lot of people liked, like, 
the body knows the score or like the there's like a there's one of this like a incest survivor like handbook or something I forget what it's called yeah, I forget what that one's called but it was a really well-known it's like there's like a workbook for it like I found the workbook for it when I was at Barnes and Noble one day and there is um there was like an audiobook for it that was a really good audiobook it was it's really long it's like 28 hours long but it's really really good um so like I read books on my own but she didn't give me anything like that and that's what therapists are supposed to do because you can't sit there and just talk at each other and figure out ways to handle like complex trauma just especially that kind of complex trauma just talking about things like that in a conversation once a week for one hour you have to like that's the whole point of therapy is to give you like coping mechanism tools to give you tools to help you like change the thought patterns and behaviors that you have in your mind so that it's easier for you to communicate with people in the world and deal with yourself and stop like the self-destructive patterns that you have and then you are and once you do that, then it's easier to be in the world. Um, and you have a much easier time with life once you start tackling that stuff. But she never did any of that ever. And I didn't realize until I told the friends that I had in therapy that she never gave me anything after I saw that psychiatrist. Like when that psychiatrist is asking me those questions and I said no to all of them, she looked so mad. And... Um, so when I saw that, I realized like how wrong it was that she did that. And she got away with that because I hadn't been in therapy since I was a kid. And like I just said, I didn't even, I could barely even remember the time when I was a kid, when I was in therapy, like this, this is a sidebar, but it's something that's always bothered me. And maybe not bothered, but it's something that I wish, part of why I want to find someone who's um, trained in prolonged exposure therapy is that there's memories from when I was in therapy when I was a kid, and I don't remember them at all. And like, not everything is going to come back, but I like half remember that like barely remember that I had a really good friend then I just remember that it was a guy and that he was like skinny um and that I there's certain things that I just remember about him like that he was that he was in that group because his dad would get drunk and physically abuse him like beat him up And I think I must have found, like, bruises or something on him. And I actually told him the truth. Like, I actually told him what was going on at my house, which was a big deal. He was probably the first person since I told my mom, um, who I, like, when I told someone the truth about what was going on. And he tried to get me help, and it didn't work. Um, And his... I think he was a couple years older than me. It's hard to really know for sure, but I feel like he was older than me. And he, uh, 
but like and he like left suddenly um like his so his like family story was like his dad would get drunk and then physically beat him up and at the time his mom was someone important to his mom had just died and she was like really badly grieving that loss where she was just like a mess and couldn't and wasn't stopping his dad from doing what he was doing um when I think she usually would have it seemed like that anyway and so his someone in his family um called CPS on his dad because they probably saw bruises and stuff too that was why he tried to get help from me because he was like people are threatening to call CPS or calling CPS for my situation and your situation is much worse um like what the fuck like he was mad that nobody was helping me so he tried it didn't work and then he ended up having to move away because that was his mom's way of dealing with CPS being called was just moving suddenly moving the family somewhere like I don't even know where he went I don't remember I can't even remember what he looks like <laughs> like all I remember about him is that I thought he was a couple years older than me and that he was skinny um and that's all I remember like I don't even know like what race he is like you know when people generally have a foggy idea like a description of a person like I could see this person every day and I would have no idea who they are because there's just like nothing there um but this person was obviously like the little bits of memories that I have gotten back about him in the last like year or so he was obviously he was somebody like really nice and like a positive figure in my life during a time when everything was shit so I like want to be able to find this person you know it's possible now with the internet to be able to find them again and talk to them as an adult and be like hey like do you remember me? Like, what was going on? Like, what did I even tell you then? Because I feel like he knows things about my own life that I don't even know right now because I don't remember it because it's blocked out. But I can't even try to find this person until I try to, I stop blocking out who they are. <laughs> like, I can't find them, I can't find them and tell them and ask them, things and get to know them again as an adult and really see who they are and all that stuff and ask them about like what happened with us back then and like what did I tell you and what did you say or, or what did I say when I can't even remember what they look like um or anything about them so that was a sidebar but like that's part of why I wanted to find because Part of the prolonged exposure thing is that they have you close your eyes and um, they try to put you, they have you talk like you're the age that you are in the memory. And just doing that and then talking out loud brings back like a lot of memories. Like you tend to remember, say out loud things that you didn't even realize you remembered. Um, so I want to try to do that to remember this person. Um, and I need the help of a therapist to go through something like that, like to try to navigate doing that. So 
But what I was saying about my other therapist was, like, she didn't do any of that. Like, she took advantage of the fact that I didn't know anything about what therapist was supposed to do. Because I hadn't been in it for so long. And I didn't want to switch therapists because... Especially when I was in the middle of everything. Because I didn't have any money to do it. After I went on leave from my job in October, I really didn't have... Like, I didn't have any extra money. I didn't... She didn't make me pay a copay, so I didn't want to have to switch to another therapist who would make me pay when I didn't have any income whatsoever coming in. Um, so she did a lot of damage. And it's like a miracle that I didn't die the night that she tried to tell me that I made up all of my, all of my trauma. Like, like, that's like one of my absolute number one fears is that I made all of this up and I did this to myself. Like, that I caused all this hurt and pain in my family when, when that's not true. And I know that's not true. Like, I know that there's too many things, like, I, like, still have to re-remind myself, like, no. Like, I wouldn't be afraid of this and this, this and this and all this other stuff that happened. These memories wouldn't be in my mind magically, like... The whole idea that, like, therapists can implant memories in your mind is bullshit. It's just stuff that people made up to try to, like, knock down survivors coming forward about sexual abuse. Um, like, that's an actual fact. Look that up if you don't believe me. But, um, like, I didn't know any of that, and she just took advantage of that. Like, I was in the most vulnerable place that a person that I've ever been in that I could ever be in really like I was I was like barely hanging on and she was someone that I trusted to help me through all of that and she just um turned on me and threw me to the side I'm pretty sure because I wasn't going to have health insurance anymore so she didn't have a way to get paid so instead of having to say like I can't continue to see you if I can't, if I'm not going to get any money. She just, like, turned on me to try to get, I think, to try to get me to stop seeing her um, on purpose. Like, to stop seeing her and have it be, like, so she wouldn't have to say out loud. Even though you're going through all this horrific trauma about child sexual abuse, I'm not going to, like try to help you or see you because I need money and you don't have any so I don't care about helping you anymore she like almost turned on me I think to um, to like get me to go away so that she wouldn't waste any more time on someone when she wasn't getting any money out of it so yeah I feel like her that experience is one of the worst ones you can have with a therapist I don't like talking about it because it's really painful to think about how vulnerable I was then and how she preyed on that. And a part of me still feels like that time was wasted time. Um, but after I went to treatment and everything, I feel like things just kind of happened the way that they were supposed to happen. Like, I'm not gonna... I fucking hate the whole everything happens for a reason thing, but... Um, like one of the things with when I was in treatment um 
the therapist that I saw when I was in treatment, like I said earlier, I fucking love that guy. Um, he was the best therapist possible for me. Like our personalities were like perfectly matched. And I don't think that any of the other therapists there would have worked as well with me. I needed, he was very like soft-spoken and super empathetic. Um, never got angry, like ever, uh, was very calm. I needed somebody like that. And his like first week, like I said earlier in this thing, his first week, like my eyes started at that place on Wednesday. His first day back after having his baby was that like Monday, two days earlier. Like I started there right when he came back, literally right when he came back. Um, which I think is why they ended up like pairing me with him. But, um, but like if I would have, you know, not been with that horrible therapist as long as I was, it would have taken me a shorter amount of time to get to the place I went to for treatment. He wouldn't have been my therapist. Like, because he was, I was also his first like real client. Like he was, um, he was a stu- like when you're uh, getting your master's and wanting to be a therapist in trauma work, you have to have like something like 2000 hours of supervised um, therapy time where like a supervisor is with you while you learn basically how to do it. And so he worked there for a couple months before, but he he did all of his like 2000 hours of time in the facility that I was at. But, like, there was a therapist there that had, like, someone who was in school with her all the time um, in appointments and stuff. So he would have, he was paired up with her before he be, they ended up hiring him on as a therapist when he graduated. But he, like, graduated in, like, May of that year and of 2019. And then, and then his wife had their baby in like August um and then like I started there in the middle of September and that was his first week like being a full-time fully hired therapist at that facility so like if I would have gotten there even a week sooner they would have had to um pair me up with somebody else because he wasn't there if I would have gotten there a couple months earlier, even if he was there as, like, still learning, he wouldn't have been, like, my main therapist. He would have, you know, if I was paired up with that one therapist he worked with, he still would have helped me, but it was him, like, one-on-one that really was why that really worked really well. So it's one of those weird things that like, things just kind of seemed to work how they were supposed to. Like, I got to that place right when he became a therapist. I was his first ever, like, real client. I was his only client for, like, a month and a half of the time that I was there for, like, three months because, yeah, they didn't want to give him, like, all these people when he was new. Um, But, yeah, so it's one of those weird things. Like, I don't know why, like, that that therapist was so horrible. But I also feel like I learned a lot seeing her that now I kind of know 
the signs of when uh, like a therapist doesn't have as many doesn't have the boundary that they're supposed to or they aren't they don't really have like a seem to have like a set plan for me they're not asking me to like read an article or look up books or whatever like the therapist I'm seeing right now hasn't really done that yet it's been like disjointed seeing her because of COVID and and everything and my work schedule changing constantly but but like now it's been a couple months and it's like okay I know that I should find somebody else instead of wasting time working with someone that I don't think quite has the qualifications to deal with what I need to talk about and like that's all right it doesn't mean that she's a bad therapist she's not she's a good therapist but it just take like not everybody is trained in this kind of like complex therapy work it's okay to find somebody else but it's one of those things like because I went through that horrific time with that horrible therapist I noticed the signs way faster and I don't spend as much time like waffling in should I do this should I not do this and I'm being over dramatic is this right for me or is this not right for me am I just being mean or blah 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 because I just I just trust my like my gut or my intuition a lot more after going through all of that because after going through all of that I definitely notice the signs a lot clearer now because um, I never want to be put in that I can never be put in that kind of position anymore because I'm not as naive or just uninformed as I was then. Like, I was just begging for help then and didn't really know anything. But now I know all this stuff. Like, no other therapist can ever do that to me again because I am way too well-informed now. Um, so I guess this episode, I, like, delayed doing it because... I hate the idea of putting this story out there and scaring somebody away from getting a therapist who's been thinking about it because I remember how scary it is to find a therapist when you haven't seen somebody in a really long time and you want to go back but you don't know what you should do uh like it's so scary I like I spent like a full year going to psychology today's website like every like every other month basically for basically an entire year I would go to their website every other month and I would see the faces of the people that were there and I would just get scared and close it and not contact any of them there was even a couple times I did contact some of them and just and they would email me and I would just never respond or they would call me and I wouldn't answer the phone calls um that like February in 2018 I just finally was like no I'm not letting myself talk myself out of this anymore I'm doing this and I just like made myself just do it and didn't give myself the option of um like I remember my first appointment with that horrible therapist I scheduled it for like a half hour after I got out of work like I got out of work at like 4 30 I think and I scheduled it for five because the place the office that she was at was on my drive home from work so like there was no way that I could like wiggle out of going because it literally was on the way home from work to my apartment 
Like, I didn't have to go out of my way. It wasn't something like that. Or I didn't have to backtrack or something. So there was no excuse for me not to go. Um, so I made it like that on purpose so that I wouldn't back out. Because I knew that I would want to back out. But, like, once I started to go, it became... Like, the hardest thing about therapy is just going to the first appointment. Because usually after the first appointment, it's much easier to keep going. Um, but the first appointment is always the hardest. And I hate the idea that somebody would hear this story and then use it as a reason to not try. Because they're scared that the therapist that they would see would be like this person. Um, but I think it's also important for people to know like the signs of when a therapist is not good and and they're um kind of taking advantage of you needing help um like I don't think any therapist out there goes into that like wanting to hurt some wanting to hurt people or be a horrible therapist or anything like that but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen like that person I saw was a horrible therapist it like the whole reason why I made the complaint that I did was because it really scares me that she said that kind of stuff to me and like has she said stuff like that to previous people like the fact the idea that she could get away with that somebody else might not have like people like that I had at the time to talk to to like keep them going so they wouldn't so I didn't attempt like what if they didn't have people like that that they trusted at the time and they did attempt or die because of what they told her or what she told them that would is so I had to like try to do something to stop her even if even if like things don't happen how I wanted to I at least had to try to stop her from hurting anybody else um so like the best thing I can say is that when you go to please, please don't let this stop you from going to therapy. The great majority of therapists out there are not like this. Um, but in, at the same time, like, remember what I said in here to look at, like, the signs. Like, is your therapist talking too much about her own personal life? It, are, do they not have, like, a plan? Are they not bringing up, like... Because usually with, like, the therapists that I've seen that were good ones they were like okay this like I am going to give you this next time like read this article and next time we'll talk about it or I want you to think about like this or write down every time you get anxiety and talk about how, what you feel in your body like they give you a s clear assignments and they say like these next appointments we're going to try this and then if that doesn't work we're going to do this this and this like it's not like your, like, treatment plan is not, like, some mysterious mystery that's being kept from you. They're very open and honest about what's going on and what their plan is f for, like, your treatment. Like, you have every right to ask them in every appointment what the treatment plan is. So, if you see a therapist and they spend too much time talking about themselves where they're talking to you, like, they're almost, like, more of, like, a friend as opposed to, like, the professional relationship that you should have. And if they don't bring up any, like, real treatment plan or if you ask them what their treatment plan is and they say nothing or they don't have, like, a secure, like, plan, like, structured in that way, then that's, like, the signs that you need to, you know, go back on psychology today and find somebody else. 
it's like all you have to do to to like switch therapists is just email them and tell them that you found someone you want to try you think that you'll be like more successful trying therapy with someone else and like they'll you can always go back to them later they'll never give you any shit like even the horrible therapist that I had when I said I wasn't going to see her anymore she didn't like say anything mean to me like if they ever do say something mean mean to you that's just more validation that they're not a good therapist but the great majority of the time they never do it's always an option that if you change your mind later you can always go back and see them again but it's not like a it doesn't have to be like a dramatic time you can just email them and tell them that you decided to see somebody else it's like the one kind of doctor where they can they'll understand like good they they just want you to feel better so if you, they're not the ones that that's going to help with then okay but they're okay with you you know trying somebody else it's really like the only kind of physician that's really like that um yeah i'm going to stop talking now cuz this is a really long episode <laughs>